It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 598 of Locked On Raptors for Wednesday, November the 6th. I'm your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors. We can find links to every single episode of the podcast as well. And please make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network. We've got team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. We've got all 32 uh, NFL teams covered as well. We've got national shows for all the big sports. We've got NHL shows. We have no shortage of stuff for you to check out on the Locked On Podcast podcast network so thank you in advance for taking the small amount of time it requires to check out the network leave a rating subscribe review all that good stuff that we ask you to do and uh thank you very much all right on today's show it's a very special episode of the podcast i am joined by former raptor doug christie uh we sat down for about half an hour before the raptors and kings game apologies for the audio quality the kings were doing a little shoot around before the game so it was a little bit loud um and there was you know basketballs and all that typical stuff and some weird beeping from different odds and ends on the, on the broadcast table so apologies for that but uh thank you for putting up with it and we'll get back to regular normal regularly scheduled audio quality tomorrow and uh that's gonna be it for the preamble here i'm not gonna take too much time we'll get to it now the conversation with doug christie who was awesome and i really appreciate him taking the time and uh hopefully we can do it again next time the kings are in town before we get to the conversation just a reminder that indochino is the world's largest made to measure menswear brand start your style upgrade now with 30 dollars off your total purchase of 399 bucks or more at indochino.com when entering the code locked on that's l-o-c-k-e-d-o-n at checkout at indochino.com and I would also like to tell you about my bookie. You know what my favorite part of the year is. It's this part of the year. Sweater weather, leaves on the ground, and threes from downtown. That's right. For some, it's fall season, but for the rest of us, it is ball season. Pro and college basketball are tipping off, and there is no better way to feel a part of the action than to have a stake in the game with mybookie.ag. Maybe you want to play a parlay. Maybe you want to try to bet some of the favorites together. Parlays are perfect because it lets you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. Either way, if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. The NCAA is back in action. If you think you have a handle on which team is going to win at all, you can bet with mybookie.ag. Use your basketball knowledge to prove you have what it takes at mybookie.ag where they make it easy to play and even easier to get paid. If you really want to support your team this season, don't just sit on the sidelines. Get in on the game with mybookie.ag. And if you join right now, MyBookie is going to double your first deposit. Use promo code LOCKEDONNBA to activate that very generous offer. That's promo code LOCKEDONNBA to double your cash. Visit MyBookie.ag today. You play, you win, and you get paid with MyBookie. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late-season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
All right, let's get to the conversation now with myself and former Raptor Doug Christie. It's a fun one. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you tomorrow with an episode to break down the game against the Kings here on Locked on Raptors. All right, joining me on today's episode of Locked on Raptors, I can think of not really many better people to have on to commemorate season 25 for the Raptors than one of the staples of the early era of the team. 12th all-time in games played, 11th in minutes, 7th in threes made, 7th in assists, and until last season, I'm not sure if you knew this, number yeah, one in steals. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I did. Actually, I texted Kyle and told him congratulations, and he was like, he called, he said, oh, gee, I've been trying to get that one for a long time. And I said, you know what? I, I wouldn't have a, uh, a better individual to, to break that record, man. So, so happy for him. Well, the voice you're hearing is Doug Christie, former Raptor and yes. former Sacramento King, now a fantastic color analyst for the Kings. Doug, man, I was, my first question was, did you text Kyle when, you beat his, when he beat your record for steals? So yeah. that's, that's good to know. It, it, it is. I, I got to know and meet Kyle, actually, at... Um, um, the golf tournament in, okay. in uh, Tahoe, and it was really good, first of all, to meet him, and then we exchanged numbers, and, and throughout the season, sometimes I would text him some of the, I'm not the guy that always texts when things are up, yep. I'm kind of more like sometimes when things aren't going good, yep. say, hey, keep your head up, it's going to work, there were some rough, couple rough patches and uh, he always responded, which I thought was really cool. I just saw him just a second ago, gave him a big hug. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Did you keep in touch with him during the playoff run, or was that kind of just like leave him alone and let, let him do his thing? You know, during this playoff run, not really. Maybe once or maybe once. But, you know, like I said, you know, things are going good. Yeah. You know, you hear from everybody when things are going good. And it was, you know, during the, the sweep and different stuff like that, like, look, man, you know, keep your head up, stay aggressive, yep. those type of things. Not not a whole bunch, but every once in a while, you yeah. know, just to say hello. And just a great, great guy. I, one, of, one of my favorites, really. Yeah. So when I walked out here, you were having a chat and looking up at the uh, championship banner. Wow. What did it feel like? Did you feel something when they won? Did it, was it like, important to you that they, that they were able to pull yeah, it off? Yeah, it did. Uh, it, watching the people and watching the parade uh, almost brought tears to my eyes because when you're, when you're part of something from the beginning and you yeah. see the struggles and you see the progress and then you see the ups and downs, um, it, it, it means something for you. You know, Toronto, to be honest with you, gave me in, in many ways my career in the NBA. So yeah. I thank them for that because I was in purgatory, man. I wasn't getting any minutes, different things. All of a sudden, Isaiah Thomas comes and he reaches out and says, you know what, kid? I'm going to put you on the floor. And it, funny enough, uh, Damon Stoudemire tweeted the other day about load management. And he was talking about R.J. Barrett, yeah, uh, yeah. Canadian. And I almost tweeted Damon back because he said, look, I was a rookie and I was playing 40, 40 minutes a game. And during that same season, I played about 40 minutes a game too because Isaiah said to me, he said, look, man, you just go out there and play. We're going to leave you on the floor. You might mess up. Just try not to do it twice in a row. And for that, I love Toronto, man. So you got traded here February 18th, 96, the trade deadline of the first season. You're with the Knicks beforehand. You mentioned not getting a ton of minutes with the Knicks. Um, but then you come into this team that is brand new, and then over the next couple of years, there's a lot of turmoil. You have Isaiah leaving, and that's sort of the inciting incident for Damon wanting out. You got yeah. Camby who leaves. Yeah. And I, I wonder, for you, do you take pride in the fact that you were sort of the guy who weathered all of that into where it sort of upticked, or were, were there times where you're sitting there like, 
why am I still here while these guys are off else playing elsewhere? You know, so there, there's many ways to look at things, and I try to always, I try to look at the positive as opposed to the negative. Like, for, for an example, I could be like, man, you know, no one wanted to trade for me. But I, I also say, you know, an organization was like, look, we want to keep a guy. He's, he's doing good. He's improving and, and finding his way. And I, I more times than not look at the positive in that situation. And it, I, I was truly, truly thankful. Um, did I feel like that? Uh, you know, looking at Damon go to Portland and different things? Yeah, a little bit because we got ownership turnover, management turnover, coaching turnover, player turn, And I'm just sitting here like, wow. Uh, but, you know, a, a glorious day to watch um, Mr. Tannenbaum and his family uh, really stabilize the ship here in Toronto. And that, that, was, that was big time because from then on it was smooth sailing. And I know you got traded before the sort of 2001 season where things kind of really clicked and Vince was mm -hmm. Vince and, you know, they go to the second round of the playoffs, yep. game seven. I mean, it's not like you went to a bad team or anything like that. You're on the Kings yeah. who were <laughs> a pretty awesome team during that time frame as well. Is there a part of you that wishes you could have paired with, like, Vince and T-Mac? Because, I mean, this is sort of a thing I was throwing around a friend of the show, Blake Murphy from The Athletic. We were talking yesterday when I mentioned you were coming on about yeah. how Doug Christie in this era yeah. with, like, switchability oh, and, like, playing with multiple defensive wings, like, wow. that could have been terrifying. Do you sort of – are you a little wistful of those sort of lost opportunities with this Raptors team or are the Kings moments sort of enough to make up for it? Oh, the Kings were enough to make up for it. Mm -hmm. But – the lost opportunity, in my opinion, was uh, Isaiah Thomas being so ahead of the curve. Yeah. Because Isaiah sat us down and talked to us about paradigm swings and all these different things. And then he also spoke to us about kind of the type of basketball that we see today. Yeah. He was trying, and that's why you, he brings me and he gets a Damon and then he gets a T-Mac and then he gets a Vince and all of those type of pieces with the Marcus Camby, everyone switchable, everyone flowing, uh, uh, switchability on the defensive end, everybody can score, everybody can kind of do everything and ultimately oddly enough I went to a team in Sacramento that I really think changed the way that the landscape of the league happened because we could kind of do the same thing so um, I kind of got a vision of it, uh, I just never, you know, fully recognized that that playoff, the first playoff, you know, here in, in Toronto against the Knicks, um, it, it was me, T-Mac, um, and, and Tracy, and that was going to be hell for the the Knicks. Yeah, we weren't able to pull it out, but the, the point is, yeah, to your point, yeah, it, it's, uh, it was a little sad. Yeah. Uh, so back to when you first arrived. As we mentioned, you were with the Knicks, you were with the Lakers before that, a couple of glamour franchises. What's your reaction when you get the call you've been traded to Toronto? In the, you know, the, the inaugural season, things aren't going terribly well for the team. What, what's your reaction? Is it sort of like a, all right, I guess I'll go and just like do my thing? Was it like a, this will be a short stop type of thing? Or was this something where you're like, hey, like cool opportunity, new team, I can kind of make my way? So oddly enough, it wasn't a phone call. It was a knock on the door. Okay. Because I, 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 I wasn't answering my phone. I can't remember what had happened. And the trainer for the Knicks, he knocked on the door. And I opened it, and he looked at me, and he goes, hey, man, you've been traded. I said, where? He goes, Toronto. I said, Toronto. <laughs> and then I, it clicked. Oh, Toronto. And I said, all right, man, thank you. I appreciate it. So I closed the door, and... And I started laughing, I started smiling, and I was like, yeah, 
yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, I was, I, I personally was excited. There was no apprehension in me whatsoever. I thought that this was the greatest thing that ever happened because I had a feeling that uh, I knew Daryl Walker a little bit. He was assistant coach at that time. Yeah. You know, I had seen them play. I knew Damon from the Pacific Northwest. I'm from Seattle. He's from Portland. Yeah. Um, and I thought I would get an opportunity. Yeah. And that's what I was given, and I tried to take full advantage of the opportunity. At the same time, ingratiating myself and, and the Toronto fan base and the country of Canada, bringing me in as one of their own, was just spectacular. So I'm guessing you weren't terribly surprised, based on what you just said there, when the fervor for the team was so insane during the playoff run, like coast to coast. Like, is that something you kind of always knew was lingering here? You know. Oddly enough, I thought that if if Vancouver would have waited one more year, yeah, I think it would have worked. Yeah, um, because basketball, it, it, you know, from the first time, it, if you went to the Sky Dome and the fans didn't know when to cheer, sometimes it was yeah. still, uh, like if you hockey comes to America and all of a sudden they're kind of like, eh. and then all of a sudden you see the Vegas Knights. The, Two years ago and it's like whoa i mean it's like they that's the feeling that i got and i think really everything totally totally changed or it began to change when we beat uh, chicago bulls in yeah. the sky dome yeah there was a feeling when you walked around the city like basketball has really arrived mm -hmm. and then it really took over when they built what was then the air canada center and now scotia bank uh, arena and from there uh, yeah there, so there, there was a there was an incubation process <laughs> but you could feel it yeah yeah i'm not sure how much nba tv canada you get to watch nowadays now that you're in sacramento but they replay that game wow like i don't know once every three months oh really <laughs> yeah, it's uh, that's big time yeah it's it's constantly on i uh, i remember it <laughs> uh so a couple years after that game Vince comes, yeah. and you know there's the draft day trade with Anton Jameson, and Vince shows up. What's your sort of first impression, impression of Vince getting to play with him? And I guess to extend on that, when you see him now, when you go and the, the Kings play the Hawks, and you're seeing him playing still in yeah. his 40s, like, what is your like? Could you ever have imagined this version of Vince would exist based on the first version of Vince that you saw? No, because a lot of times superstars aren't willing to humble themselves the way that Vince has to continue to play. Yeah. And credit to him, and I, I say also, credit to Canada. I learned so much about health and, and taking care of myself here. and I changed my diet, a lot of different things. I think that probably some of what Vince has done probably started here in, in Canada. Actually, the first time that I met Vince was right here on that end of the floor mm -hmm. in, in um, in the arena here and we were playing two on two and we just you know played that was my first ever meeting of Vince Carter and right then I knew okay this kid's <laughs> gonna be a player you know what I mean uh, to the level that he had ascended I wasn't you know I didn't necessarily see th that immediately I could see that there was talent there but his athleticism and then he started learning how to shoot learning some things that really took his game to the to the next level but uh, I see him, give him a hug. We golf sometimes. It's really good to see Vince. I actually, I'm going to see him uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Because we're headed to, to Atlanta <laughs> after this. Yeah. Right on. Uh, where were you for Vince's dunk contest, and did you know it was coming beforehand? You know, I, 
during that time, we had talked about different dumps to yeah. do. You know, he, Tracy, and I, I had been in there before. I, you know, talked about, you know, sticking your hand in the rim and all these different That's things. That's the best one, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was right across the way at uh, uh, Queens Key yep. uh, in my condo <laughs> watching it and just I, I was laughing because, you know, a lot of that stuff we saw. Yeah. And to do it, first of all, to do it on that stage is one thing, but to do it on that stage without multiple attempts, that's what made it so spectacular. Yeah. He tried it and did it. Bang, done. As opposed to we see guys, uh, he tries it, and then you get an idea. Oh, man, if he makes that, like he didn't give you a chance to think about it. He yeah. did it, and it was like, oh, boy, that just <laughs> happened. Yeah, that was that was that was big. That really is what I think sent Vince into superstardom was yeah. the dunk contest. To be honest with you, and then obviously his continued fantastic play. Were you were you terrified of him ruining his arm when he put his arm in the rim? No, no, not <laughs> not, not at all. Uh, that in its own is messed up. That that didn't scare you from him. That's like no. I mean, like <laughs> you know, when I was younger, I jumped really high as well. So yeah. I tried all types of things, and that nah, not at all. No, no, no. It'd be great. It'd be fine. It is. Uh, I know some people like the through the legs of the windmill. That is by far the reaction of every like the broadcast when he puts his arm in the rim and no one knows what just happened. Yeah. And there's like dead silence for like three seconds. It's the best part of that. I totally agree with you. I mean, you know, the one picture of him with the ball between his legs and he's kind of looking up. Yeah. Is probably you know for a lot of people that's the iconic picture. But I, I would totally agree with you because you you see things. When they make you, like, we paused and was like, was that a dunk? Um, okay. You know, yeah. that was big time. I think that's a 10? I, yeah. think, I laughed so hard. I thought it was I thought it was funny, personally, myself. Yeah. But uh, great stuff, man. And to, and to do it in a Raptors jersey, first of all, because everywhere we went, they played Barney. I was like, hell yes. <laughs> That actually leads me very uh, easily into my next line of questioning. So this is the year of throwbacks. I know the Kings are doing some throwback mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and the Raptors have brought back the white dino jerseys with the wow. pink stripes. A uh, couple questions for you. First, what was your – did you like it when you had to wear it? I know it's popular now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the 90s, so it was probably cool at the time, too. Did you think – I've just been wearing Lakers and Knicks jerseys my entire career, and now I'm putting on this? You know what? I'm a – I'm a fashion guy. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a style guy. I like it. I thought it was cool because it was pinstripes, yeah. but they were claw marks. Yeah. I was like, ooh, that's <laughs> sweet, right? That's what I was thinking. And, and our jerseys were different than everybody else's, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, I can't remember if everyone was digging them or not, but... I mean, everyone was like purple and teal, teal and like yeah. had weird rockets on the shirt. Like it was great yeah. pinstripe, and yeah. all of a sudden you you got these guys coming out and the Raptors and claw marks and uh, Samuel Jackson on the scoreboard. I, it was cool, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so there's like. On our podcast, we talk about jerseys a lot. It's a daily podcast. We have to fill the time somehow. I got you. Uh, And so my big sort of sticking point in Raptors jersey history is that I don't think the purple front black back, the one Vince wears in the dunk contest, Mm -hmm. gets enough credit. So you have to pick one of the three, the purple front black back, purple dino, white dino. Which one are you going with as, like, the best of those three? 
I would probably personally, I, I, it's going to be between purple dino or white dino. Okay. And, and I may go, I may go purple dino because I, I, I enjoy the color purple. Yep. Personally, uh, I thought the white ones were so clean though mm-hmm. because, uh, yeah. I, I get I get that was the first time it changed. It said Raptors. It was clean on the front, purple with the back. But yeah, I would go with one of the uh, one of the Raptors jerseys. Okay. Yeah. I, I just got one of the white ones delivered today, so Woo, I, uh, <laughs> sweet. Looking forward to uh, throwing that bad boy on. Uh, okay. So on this podcast, of course, you got Christie on the back, right? Well, yeah, 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 yeah of, of course, course yeah. obviously, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Um, so we play a game on the podcast called right. That Random Raptors Game. All right. Where I pick a game in Raptors history, and All the right. guest has to guess or try to remember who played in that game for the Raptors. You already knew that you were the leading steals man in team history until mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. You seem to have a pretty good memory of your time here. So I'm going to test you a little bit here. Oh, boy. And if you have, like, a thought on any of the players who come up, by all means, feel free. So, you get three strikes. We'll go to the game where you set your career high. What was your career high in points, by the way? Here? No, just all around. Oh, uh, 35? You're correct. Okay. Very good. Uh, game against the Magic in uh, 2000, February 2007, I believe. So you scored 35 points. You had nine boards. You had 13 of 25 shooting, 3 of 6 from downtown, plus 10. You guys beat the Magic. It was one of your 16 wins on the season, but you had a nice performance in this game. Uh, I played with the Raptors. This is with the okay, Raptors, yeah. You. This is in 90, uh, 97 or 98. Okay. So 10 Raptors played in this game, so 9 plus you. Guess who the players are. If you can just, just rattle them off if you can, and I'll um, let you know if you're right. This game drives people mad, by the way. Really? Oh, yeah. Uh, Damon Stoudemire. No, he was not on this team. I think it was after the trade. I should have pulled up the date. <laughs> oh, Lord. Uh, Tracy Murray? Tracy Murray, not in this game. Come on, man. <laughs> now, this is late okay. in the 96-97 season. You guys okay. are 13 and okay. 43 I, at the I, time. Okay. Uh, Antonio Davis? Uh, no Antonio Davis. This is the really, really bad season. 16 and 66, right near the end. Well, you know what? I try to block that out. <laughs> um, We've mentioned a couple Al- of the guys. Alvin, uh, not Robertson. Uh, what's Alvin's last name? Point guard. Williams? Yeah. No. <laughs> no! <laughs> You're killing me, man. No, this is a, this is a bizarre starting five. There's a, there's a hold on, hold yeah. on. King. This game went to overtime, by King? the way. King? Jimmy King? No, no Jimmy King. Golly, man. Was it just me by myself? Uh, Good God. Sort of. I mean, you were you led the team in scoring, so if you want to say that was you, you could. You played um, 49 minutes in this game, by the way. Really? This was an OT game. Ooh. <laughs> did we win? Uh, yeah, you did. It was oh. one, of your thir- one of your 16 wins. It moved you to 13 and 43 on the season. Well done. I mean, I don't even know who, like, if it wasn't Alvin and it wasn't Damon, who was the freaking point guard, man? It's a uh, guy who uh, went on to a very good career. Uh, he would have, you played the Oh, game. 
Uh, Chauncey Billups. You're correct. Yes. Chauncey played 50 minutes in this game. Did he? 13 points, 4, 16 I shooting. always didn't understand why they got rid of Chauncey. Yeah, no, that made I, no I, sense. I, I, did, I didn't. I never figured out. And I told him as much when he was there. I was like, dude, you're going to be good. Don't worry about this. Yeah. Um, so you got one. There's eight left. I'll give you a Michigan State guy. Oh, Sean Westbrook. Yeah, he played 43 seconds. Club 43 trillion. seconds? Club trillion in this game. <laughs> Damn, Sean, wait till I see him. Um, uh, you've got, uh, we've mentioned a couple of these guys. They're, they're we've mentioned a more couple? House, more household names. Like during our chat, we've mentioned. Was T-Mac on the team? T-Mac's on the team, Oh, yeah. okay, T-Mac. 14 minutes. This was his rookie year. He was okay. just 7 for two um, points. So then that would mean, um, who else would be on that team? Uh, Marcus Camby. Marcus Camby, yep. He played 43 minutes. Look at me. I'm rolling now. 13 points, 13 uh, points, 5 blocks. What's the big center? Um, golly, I can't. Is there the first Carlos year? Rogers. Oh, Carlo, no Carlos Rogers. Oh, no Carlos Rogers. But big center, operative word is big here. Oh, Oliver Miller. Yeah, baby. Big O <laughs> in the house. Yeah. You're helping me out. That is beautiful. 22 minutes. He was uh, 2 of 4. We went to overtime, and he only played 22 minutes. Yeah. Oh, what the hell were you doing, man? <laughs> There's a guy whose son plays on a Pacific Northwest team right now. He only played oh. like eight games with the team. Uh. I guess there's only one Pacific Northwest team. No, I know yeah. exactly, I know who you're talking about. He's a power forward. Why well, I can't think of his name. I can see him, too. I believe he was strong as hell. He came back in the Damon trade. Yes. And his son is, uh, we just played them. I can, I can look. I can look. I, at least I, I got it. Now you're killing me. I got to look at my notes here. So, Suns, Portland. Gary Trent. Yes, Gary yes. Trent. He played 34 minutes. He had six points, nine boards. Uh, you're missing one starter. It was Trent, Miller, you, Billups, and so the guard. That would be a small That would be a small forward. Oh, I guess he was a small forward. Yeah. 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 I have no idea. John Wallace. Uh, <laughs> oddly enough, people in in Sacramento booed when they took Peja Stoyakovic because they wanted John Wallace. Okay, I didn't Kind of worked that. out for Sacramento, right? Peja Stoyakovic. He, yeah, uh, he's a flamethrower, baby. Until a couple years ago when Nigel Hayes went two for two yeah. uh, in a game. Peja uh -huh. was the all-time leader from three in franchise history. Here? Here. That he quick? Two, he played two games. He was four of six. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I got you. I uh, and then there's two guys left. Former Celtic. Mm. Yet uh, someone from the mid-2000s Illinois teams had the same name. No relation, I believe. Might have been relation. I'm not sure. Mm, you got me there. D. Brown. Oh! Wow, D was on that team, too? 45 minutes in this game. <laughs> yeah, hot soup. Charles Oakley? No Oak, no. no. There's one guy left. I don't even remember this guy. Uh. Reggie Slater. Oh, man, one of my favorites, man, out yeah. of Wyoming. Power forwards. Yeah, Reggie, solid. Yeah, I actually see Reggie, or I saw Reggie since uh, we retired. Yeah, good guy, man. Yeah, yeah. A great dude, man. Awesome. He was, yeah, he came here early. That was solid. I like that right there. <laughs> I would have never guessed that. Yeah, no, that's a game that drives people nuts. So uh, I'm uh, glad you are At now. least we won. You did win. Thank you. Yeah, against Orlando, too. So those would have been post check. 96, so that would have been uh, Daryl Walker, head coach? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Because yeah. Malone left after the first season, right? Yeah, he yeah. did. Yeah, no and doubt. then Walker left after the second. So. Yeah. 
Or do you, do you have like Walker, Walker dirt? Do you think uh, <laughs> you Walker? Know, he, D Walk was uh, he was he was tough. He was old school. Yeah. Same with with uh, Malone. Yeah. Uh, one of my favorites, and now I see his son all the time. I tell him to tell his dad hi. Yep. Uh, but Daryl Walker, I, I I can remember what was the guy's name who uh, got traded with me here, the big guy. Herb Williams. No, not. Oh yeah, it was Herb. Yeah. No. Um, I can't. Uh, he got traded for me when I went from Los Angeles to Seattle to Los uh, okay. Angeles. I can't think of Benoit Benjamin. Oh yeah. Okay. They almost got in a fight one day <laughs> at Brendan College. Vancouver Grizzlies legend Benoit Benjamin. Yeah. There yeah. you go. But um, no, Daryl was. I, I enjoyed Daryl because I'm that type of player. Yeah. I, I want to get after it. Uh, let's let's hoop. Let's play both ends of the floor. And Daryl, I think, appreciated that about me. So yeah. I, I never had any problems with D. D. Yeah. Walk. Uh, I, you know, unless I wasn't playing, then I was upset. <laughs> well, you were playing 50 minutes in these overtime games. So hey, you, man, you, I mean, no playing time. Don't listen to what people say. <laughs> Your boy could play. Yeah, the the low management thing. How are you? Uh, did, 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 do you agree with the resting of dudes? Uh, you know, I was just. This is Lindsey Harding right here, uh, one of our assistant coaches, and I was just talking to her about load management. I'm not a big fan of it at yeah. all. You know, I uh, do. Do I get sometimes it might need to happen? Yeah, that's just called taking a night off and having some rest. Yeah. But the way that it, it it's going, it's it's a little different because what I say is you're giving the players more, but they're you're actually getting less. When yeah. I say more, it's better medicine, it's better uh, accommodations, it's better air travel, it's better uh, you know technology uh, for shoes, for uh, apparatuses, all these different things, and we're going more. I will say this though. Yeah. I just saw a tweet and I replied to the tweet because I say this all the time. We're not load managing NBA. Yeah. We're load managing AAU. Yeah. Because they're playing so many games. We're seeing kids that go to university and go to college and at age 18 they have a body of a 35 year old. Yeah. And then we're seeing guys who come into the NBA and at age 19, uh, 22, whatever, they have the body of a 44-year-old. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they not understanding why they can't do some of the similar things because they're playing so, so much basketball. And that's where I think when people are like, well, you know, he's however old. I don't know. Because yeah. old doesn't mean age. Yeah. Old means the wear and tear that you put on your body. Yeah. Well, I think that's a good place to leave it here in the home of load management. Alex McKechnie uh, down the hall yeah. set that all up like last year with Kawhi. He's to blame. Hey, so. it worked out, though, for him. <laughs> it so, sure did. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's go with that. Yeah. Uh, Doug Christie, this has been fantastic. Thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for playing my stupid game with me. Uh, uh, anytime, I appreciate yes. it. And uh, enjoy the game, Red. Have a good call. Appreciate and, uh, we'll you, We'll talk man. soon. You got it. Cheers. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.